5: This is Tuesday's edition of Big Blue Kickoff Live. Thanks so much for joining us today for the next hour. I'm Paul Datino, He's Super Bowl champion of Jeff Fiegel's, We'll be with you again for the next 60 minutes to talk Giants football and maybe some NFL if you'd like to get that into. Our phone number is 201-939-4513. 201-939-4513. You can also find us on Twitter at hashtag Giants Chat. And you can find an archive of this show and our entire podcast network on the Giants mobile app, podcast platforms everywhere, and at Giants.com slash podcast. <laughs> Jeff, uh, it is an absolutely glorious day Mm -hmm. in North Jersey this afternoon. We uh, just got done watching the Giants' second OTA. Uh, The weather could not have been more perfect, and quite frankly, it was a very enjoyable practice.
3: Well, it's just good to see the guys out there practicing and playing football. I mean, this thing is uh, finally coming together, and you got mixed in with the rookies and the veterans. I know they had an OTA yesterday. Uh, I remember the OTAs as a player. They're just – you know, it's the start. It's the the beginning of the off season, and and moving into uh, training camp is just right around the corner. I mean, we're almost we're in the middle of May now. So, but yeah, good to see these guys. Guys, you know, I got it. We all have to get used to the numbers. One thing about out here is that I liked it, and. Uh, You know, Joe Judge had no names on the jerseys, if you remember, at practice. I remember that. So it took us like half a year to figure out everybody who was everybody. (laughs) (laughs) So at least uh, Brian Dable has names on the backs of the jerseys, which is going to help me a lot. Uh, Not with the Nigerian
5: offensive lineman. That's okay.
3: I'll just call him by his number. (laughs) 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 Exactly. But uh, really nice to see, you know, again, there's some guys that are still coming back from some injuries that, you know, they're in the red shirt. So, you know, they're not going to be doing much. But uh, collectively, uh, from my take, I know you were out there. You saw it yesterday, Paul. But uh, very fast pace, um, very diligent in what they're doing. Uh, I, I guess that's probably the same way it is everywhere. But you know, I just caught my eye that they're very organized in the way that they're going about doing things. A lot of teaching going on. Uh-huh. And remember, this is a new system for everybody, so that teaching p- component has to be very, you know, uh, the way it works is it's just you know slow process. Um, so everybody's got to learn something new. Um, with exception to some of the guys that came from maybe familiarity with some of the other systems. Uh, with the Bills and defensively from the Ravens, but yeah, it's a lot of fun to be out there watching them
5: play. All right, folks. In case you don't <laughs> want to go through Twitter to go through the hashtag Giants chat or dial us up at two zero one nine three nine four five one three. Our lines are open. You could always get me at Giants WFAN. He is at Jay Feagles, uh, and we will do our best to try to answer your questions or your comments uh, later on after the show, if uh, that is what you prefer. Uh, Jeff, let me ask you this: As someone who played in the National Football League as long as you did. I'm sure you approached OTAs differently earlier in your career than you did later in your career. At least I well, have they didn't a hunch. have them. That's right. They didn't. Mm-hmm. They never had them back in the day. Oh, so yeah. They, you yeah. had the mini camps, you had the passing camps for a while, but you didn't have OTAs. No. They basically, from, from the get
3: go. That's right. If you remember, this is going a long time ago. No. But man. they had the draft. And then right after the draft, you came in for a mini camp. Right. And right. then after that mini camp was over, mm mm. You didn't see anybody until the end, the beginning of, by the way, the beginning of July, because if you remember, right, training camp was a close to six to seven weeks long. Yes. And you, you practice a good three weeks, almost a month before you played your first game.
5: <laughs> so I keep forgetting how old you are.
3: Yeah, well, <laughs> time just keeps like, kicking, man. Uh, but yeah, so we would have the mini camps, and then later on in my career, we started to go to the OTAs. Remember right. with Tom Coughlin? Yes, uh, he. We had the OTAs then, and and yes, you did. I would have approached it differently. Um, this is May. To me, it was when I first would start the. Well, back in the mini camp, May was right when I started to start kicking again. You know, you took January, February, March and April all off, mm-hmm. just worked out and, yeah. you know, got in shape and got stronger. But I wouldn't touch a football until minicamp. Okay, cool. Well, I don't blame you. <laughs> no, you don't want to. I mean, you, you don't want to because the season's long enough. Right. And, uh, you know, you just and you're working on your off season as a as a player. And again, this is not just from the kicking standpoint, but you meet with your strength coach and you get together and you say, OK, these are the things I want to work on. Some guys, it's losing weight. Some guys, it's getting stronger. Some guys, it's wa- it's dropping some fat, you know, turning into muscle, um, agility, strength, conditioning, uh, flexibility. So these are all the things that you're working on as you go through the off-season program. And by the way, the off-season program is still going. They're, the guys are still lifting and running and all that kind of stuff. So then you just throw in a couple practices. And then, of course, in June, there's gonna be a mandatory minicamp coming up. But you do work on things differently at each position, Um, I remember specifically talking to Jason Garrett. I've said this before last year, uh, or two years ago, early in the regular season, I had asked him, you know, so how's it going? He says, you know what? It's, this is when COVID was around. He had sent to me that he's such a, he was such a firm believer in the off season workout program and the OTAs that it has a it has a, a detrimental effect on the offense. And remember that was two years ago. And Jason Garrett has just put in that system. If you if really right. three years ago, right? But it just goes to show you how important these OTAs are right now, Paul. For the young guys, the older guys, the coaches, everybody needs to be out there and on the same page because they're going to go from that practice field today, and they're going to watch film. I don't think they'll do it today after practice because you're only allowed so many hours at the facility. Correct. So they'll probably watch them tomorrow morning if there's another OTA tomorrow, and then they'll 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 you know get that out of the way, and then they'll.
5: Imp- and implement what they're going to go out to practice and do. Now, see, I think in your situation being a punter, um there's nobody else to get your reps. Yeah. That's a little yeah. different than some of the other positions, and that's why for, from your perspective, mm-hmm. I could understand why you would not be doing a lot of extra kicking now because you don't want to use up those reps. Yeah. Yeah. All right. I mean, but but as you said to me earlier today, and folks, I'm not giving you any any insider secrets here when the Giants were out there today doing their drills. You even commented to me, oh, there's a group that's doing their drills, and they're breaking them up into smaller groups mm-hmm. within the unit so yeah. that everybody has something to do. The reps. Yeah, you got to get your reps. And, um, you know,
3: there's nothing better than getting the live reps because you can get, you know, you hear the mental reps, and those are just as important, but the live reps get you fundamentals and things like that. So, and we were talking about defensively, they had four different stations. Each station was the same personnel and they were just they were just basically going from one to the next and one to the next and they were probably doing first down, second down, third down, maybe whatever. So those were the the stunts that they were doing. So where they were making the defensive calls, they were the fronts and the linebackers, they were going through all of their stunts and, and blitzes and things like that four times, four different stations. So think of the reps that you can get and let's just say it's a 10 minute session. That's a lot of reps for those guys. And when, by the way, you, I'm sorry, Paul, you, you get all that on tape and then you can go oh, sure. into the classroom and teach.
5: I, I think one mm. of the things that's very obvious, too, and, and I mentioned this uh, yesterday, I believe, after the first OTA, uh, Coach Dable is very involved. He walks around to everybody's station and everybody's unit, and he checks in on everybody, watches a little bit, okay, I'm going to the next one. Watches a little bit, goes to the next one. If he has something to add, he adds it or pulls a player aside. He gets right there in the middle of it. He's vocal. He's involved. He does like to keep the tempo going between each of the reps. Mm -hmm. He's not one who wants to see any wasted time of guys standing around. Well,
3: there's none of that because there's only so much time on the field that you can have. So nobody's going to waste that time. The other thing that, that Coach table is doing is he's evaluating, right? He's seeing how, how certain players respond to what he's saying to them. Um, you know, there's a reason why these coaches, a lot of them have psychology degrees. I know Jimmy Johnson had one <laughs> and he used it. You know, because he could try to get into the heads of these players and trying to figure out what they're thinking about and how they're how they're receptive to teaching. And, and, and I've said it time and time again, for those who have not ever heard this from me, is that one of the evaluations in an NFL organization is that they want to see how they can teach in the classroom, these players. They go over certain situations. They're going to go over the practice. By the way, everybody knows when you leave the classroom, you understand exactly what's gonna happen on the practice field. They've told you how the whole practice is gonna run. You don't have much time to think about it because it's right out of the classroom, and get your cleats and your shoulder pads and helmet on and you're out to practice. But what they like to do is part of the evaluation process is they say, okay, Paul, we went over this, this, and this in, in the classroom. Can you carry that over to the field? And if you don't, where's the disconnect? Is it, are you falling asleep? Do you just, are you not that good mentally or you can't figure it out? Because by the way, Paul, you're my player. I'm not going to trust you on Sunday. If you can't take what I'm teaching you during the week and put it on the field, you're not going to make it. So not only is it about the athleticism and just being you know a good football player, you have to be smart. And I know that a lot of people, there's, there's kind of this cliche that, hey, you know football players are all dumb. They're not dumb people. And if you saw what they had to learn on a daily basis, and some of the plays, and in the complexity of these offense and defense and special teams,
5: it'll make your head spin. And for you honeymooners fans, the <laughs> wrong answer when the coach asks you a question is humming hum hum You do not want to do that one. <laughs> not a good idea. Yeah. Yeah. Now don't
3: get the deer in the headlight look. Like, oh uh, no. I don't understand, Coach. Can you teach it to me again? That might be a better answer than,
5: I don't know. (laughs) Exactly. All right, folks. uh, We've got about 50 minutes or so left in this program, and so we're going to make this another caller-oriented show. It's beautiful outside. We're having fun. The Giants are having fun. We want you guys to have fun, too. So join in, 201-939-4513. We're going to try to go to some rapid-fire calls. Big Ed from Maryland, you're first up on Big Blue Kickoff Big Ed? (laughs) What's up, big Jeff? What's up, big Cole? What's wow. <laughs> up? We're doing well, man. How are you? Good, good to, to hear from, hear
6: from you, you again. Yeah, man. Oh, man. I've been good. Okay. You know, I'm happy for what we got and what we're ready to do. So, for the most part, I'm okay. How are you guys doing? Well,
3: we have no complaints. We uh, started right. football. started. We have. A little bit more to talk about than the draft, and now we're moving down that road and getting
5: close. Big Ed, there's a good buzz around the building right now. The vibe around the New York football Giants is extremely positive.
6: Yes, it sure is, and I'm loving it. Oh, it's so good. It's a breath of fresh air. I just want to meet the coach. (laughs) I want to meet the coach.
3: Hey, I'll tell you where you can meet him in public. He goes to a lot of the Ranger games if you want to go down and watch him there.
5: Huge (laughs) Rangers fan. (laughs) He's 3-0 and uh-huh. during the playoffs yeah. and visiting the Garden. Yeah, I want to do that, too.
6: I love to go to a Rangers game. I've never been. I'm a big Rangers fan. You're right. Yankees, too. Love my Yankees.
5: I think at some but point guys. at some mm, point he'll mm, get there, mm, too, to Yankee Stadium. So, Big Ed, yeah. let, let me ask you something. Yeah. I know we've talked to you a couple mm-hmm. times recently, but uh, as you approach mm-hmm. this summer, which position mm-hmm. are you most curious about? Cornish. Yeah. I, I figured Definitely as much. Corners. I figured it Because much.
6: it's like, it's one thing for who's starting. See, it's like, okay, with Bradbury, right? Bradbury, we love to keep him, but the salary cap, we need it more. So this is all we understood. It's a numbers thing. Yeah. But it's tough to get rid of a great corner that can play that position the way he did. Just, uh,
5: you know so what I
6: mean? Well, we listen to this, and let me get it. We better have just rehired our new Corey Webster. That's all I know. So as long as we did our new Corey Webster with this rookie from LSU, okay. Then we got something good and we can work with that. Because that's going to be the thing. And then the second thing about it, too, is the back. On the back end of it. Like who's – in other words, it's not just so much of a practice but more of a next man up. Next man up, know what to do. Next man up, after him, know what to do. So that coverage don't get blown unnecessarily. Then we got long range. I just feel like the offense, though, man. That line looks beautiful with a running game. We will blow everybody in life.
5: You know, Big Ed, In terms yeah. of flat uh, coming out of LSU, you know, he he's more of a of a slot corner. Of course, Corey Webster was a boundary corner. But but let me just give you one one piece of advice. If you get him a few minutes, listen to the yeah. interview that's on the huddle that I did with Roderius Williams this week. He okay. he is very assertive about injecting himself into this competition. Aaron Robinson, of course, I think we all believe has a leg up on the rest of the group right now based on who's on the roster. And I'm a big Aaron Robinson guy, but I don't think people should sell Rodarius Williams short. I don't. Okay. I think he is he is gonna put his nose into that battle.
6: Right. <laughs> I agree so, man. It's just <clears throat> the biggest thing is every year. We always get good. We always have great players, but it's always the same. Can they stay healthy to make it through a whole season? Mm-hmm. Because how did we win the championship last time? We made it through a whole season. So it just has to be that same. It's still the same philosophy. It hasn't changed. It's just we've got to work it the best way we can by staying healthy as much as possible.
5: Jeff, somebody needs to find a pesticide to kill the injury bug here in the swamp of the (laughs) Meadowlands. That's what needs to happen.
6: Well,
3: I'd like to find that pesticide somewhere.
5: (laughs) (laughs) Big Ed, my man. Thank you. I want to try to get some more folks in. We want to make it rapid fire today, okay? Yeah, sure enough. Look, uh,
6: thank you for um, having me, man. I appreciate it. Always good to hear from you.
5: Take care, my man. Big Ed, one of our favorite callers, always, always got, got to a meet, good attitude. Got to meet Big Ed this
3: year. Last season, came to remember. We came, yeah, we came to the sure st- do. Came to the stage in one of
5: our games, and uh, good to put a a voice with a face. Really looking forward to be out there on the the stage again this year at MetLife Stadium for all the home games. We have a lot of fun out there meeting all the folks. All right, let's go back to uh, line one. Sean in Iowa City. How about this one? Calling from across the country. How are you, Sean? <laughs>
4: I'm great. Go Hawkeyes. Rapid fire. So, uh, first time, long time. You guys are great, etc. So, thank you. Uh, speaking of Hawkeyes, Dane Belton. So, uh, he played that cash spot. Looks like he's going to be playing a similar spot with the Giants. Yeah. <clears throat> One thing I wanted to uh, indicate that I don't think I've heard talked about a lot is he led. Uh, he led the team in interceptions. So he can he can come up and fill that box, but he plays the ball well too. And the Hawkeyes led. Since 2017 they got the most interceptions in college football which i think a lot of people don't realize but uh he can play that coverage as well as stuff the box um what do you like what,
3: what do you like about him the most as far as like just you know overall obviously you said he can you know he's a ball hawker he can make some catches but what do you like about him the most
4: so kid's tough right um you know he's he uh i think starting the season uh another db was uh kind of getting all of the all of the national press coverage and even locally but he uh you know he was kind of quiet and then the other guy riley moss ended up going out with an injury for a few games and belton kind of stepped up you know he was he was the guy that they that they kind of called on and uh he's just a tough dude nice
3: nice well you know what we talk about toughness there's mental toughness. There's physical toughness. You, in this league, you've got to have both. You know? So uh, that's, a, that's a good thing. And you know, I like, I like about his versatility where I think he can play pretty much anywhere in that backside. And he can also come down and play a little box safety, which is good. So I think that you know, John had said this earlier, and I, I didn't really agree with him. But now that I'm kind of think a little bit more about it, I think he will see a lot more playing time than we think. I think he'll he'll get on the field a little bit more. No, Notably, special teams. You know he's going to be a big four guy. He will be on all of those special teams. But I think a situational player, and depending on matchups and game to game, I think he's going to get some playing time this year.
4: Yeah, I don't know if you guys remember a few years back, and it kind of had a sad ending, but Tyler Sash, who played, uh, he sure. came out safety, sure. safety from Iowa and, and got some special things. But, hey, so a couple other things. Maybe I missed it, guys. Did we ever – did you guys ever go over the over-unders from last season or after the season was it like, you know what, we don't even want to revisit those things?
3: For some reason, we, I don't even know where that stuff is. Uh, we had such a transition from our BBK room to where John's office was. There's a lot of stuff missing.
5: I think those are missing. <laughs> we're trying well, we'll to believe- – I'll take you behind the curtain here. We're actually going to attempt – to rebuild the BBK office and the studio, and at some point this year, if all fingers are crossed correctly, we may be able to get back to video again.
3: Okay. Well, cool. So
5: anyway,
4: you'll,
3: you'll okay, see how much quick. how much we aged. <laughs>
4: super, super quick. Uh, and if I missed it, I'm sorry. What is Nick Gates' status? And then the last thing, Raymond Johnson the third. So last year, saw him in some preseason. I thought. Uh, I thought he played really well, the D-lineman there, Uh, especially against the Jets. He went up against their starters, and he was lighting it up. Never heard from him again. you guys have any idea,
5: likelihood of playing time for him? Well, Johnson's a three-technique defensive tackle slash defensive end. I like him. I, I would be very surprised if he doesn't duplicate some of that early summer success or late summer success he had last year. I think he'll be on this team. I think he'll be in the rotation. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think he will continue to improve. Remember, coming out of Georgia Southern, you know, a much smaller program, not a power five. So he had a ways to go. And, and I look forward to, to him getting some some legitimate snaps. In terms of Nick Gates, uh, continues to rehab. He has been here nonstop, is incredibly optimistic about being able to resume his career. But in terms of schedule, don't have a schedule yet. He certainly is going to shoot for as early as possible. Now, what does as early as possible mean? It's still hard to say. But but I will tell you, uh, it's good to see him walking around.
3: Mm-hmm. Good to see him walking, period. That was exactly. a really,
5: really insanely
3: uh, horrible injury. Or well, Richie Soybert injury yeah. I mean, is really it's, what it was. It's really, really bad. So. The way his leg was broken.
5: <clears throat> and he, by the way, he has also consulted with Richie in his rehab, which is really you know good. a great thing to be able to go to somebody who has gone through what you have gone through. Thank you, Sean.
4: Yep, gentlemen, appreciate it. Bye-bye.
5: You're welcome. Well. 201-939-4513. We go to line two. Rick is in Tampa. How are you, Rick? Gentlemen, what's up?
7: My weekly uh, spot. Very <laughs> yes, good. So, Thanks for calling in, Rick. <laughs> yeah, I love to. You know, it's, it, it's great to see how the Rangers are, uh, how all the New York teams seem to are, like, getting caught up in the hype from the coach of the Giants to the players on the Mets, the Yankees. It's really exciting. To see how they uh, are attracting the other sports teams to become one, so it's it's good good for the city and it's exciting. And with the Yankees playing so good, Paul, things look good there too, buddy. So uh, I have to have to be excited about that. And then with the Giants going forward, looking forward to some big expectations. I got two quick things. One is the general question about college players coming out. Which of the positions basically is the hardest? To uh, acclimate to the uh, the text the the uh, the stru- the, uh, the structure the wordage the um, the schemes and stuff going from college to pro is it the cornerbacks or the linebackers or the line or offensive line quarterback or wide receivers out of those positions I'm gonna leave out the kickers Jeff because I figured that <laughs> that's,
3: that's a given the yeah. similar. <laughs> oh, Yeah, definitely, definitely more difficult. <laughs> kick the ball, that, kick the, the ball. The, <laughs> the ball. <laughs> yeah, that's
7: the the first general question, and I uh, maybe it's the quarterback, but I wanna curious what you think, Paul uh, and Jeff, on that. And the second question in general is um, with Daniel Jones, with his, the neck and everything like that. When will when will be the um, the real rubber hit the road test for him? Is it not going to be till preseason games? which we have a couple of them, or is it actual practice? Because they really don't do much of tackling the quarterback or hitting them or anything like that in, in practice. So um, where do you see that as going to be the real in the sand? Is, is This is this is not going to be a problem.
5: Okay, Rick, which one do you want to take first, Jeff? Go ahead. Well, let's go with the quarterback thing first. Okay. Daniel Jones is doing everything. He's participating in full mm-hmm. in all of these offseason things so far. Yep. So he's doing fine unless all of a sudden something miraculously occurs, uh, everything that happened to him is in his rearview mirror. Mm-hmm. That's over. It's said. It's done with. When will he actually be hit again? Well, you're right. In training camp, the quarterbacks don't get hit.
3: Yeah. They'll get a, jostled. It'll
5: be a game. <laughs> They'll get jostled a little. They'll bump them up and you know harass them a little. But they don't really get hit. So it'll have to be a preseason game before you actually see him tackled and brought to the ground again. So rubber hits the road. If that's what the phrase you'd like to use, that's what it's going to be. But but he's participating in full and everything. So don't be concerned about yeah. any anything lingering from what happened last year. I mean,
3: all, all indication he's you know he's going to be ready to go, and they're going to protect him through this whole process. Um, and you know you're going to have to see a little, a little bit. In training camp, he'll you know every he'll be with live. He's gonna be in some of the preseason games. I'm sure you're gonna have to get him. He just can't come into a regular season game with a new system without doing anything. He's got to play. He's got to play. So I think that's kind of where he's trending. It prior to your your other question about what is the most difficult position, if any of them, to come out of college and transition into the pros. I still feel like I'll, the easiest to me is the defensive line. And some of the edge rushers, I think those guys are just, they're just, you know, they're ho-hum. That's what they do every day. Right. And they're they're kind of like just a reactionary position. I think quarterback, hands down, is the most difficult. No question. There's no question that as the one, if there is a little bit of similarity in the system that they came from, that helps. But most of the time, it's not. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, terminology, all kinds of different. You know, it's situational. It's just hard. It's a very difficult one. Um, on the defensive side, I would say it's probably the the, the um, probably the linebackers and you know the linebackers and and DBs those because they got to know coverage. They got to be able to. You bust a coverage in 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 pro sports in football, you're done. That's you're done. True. It's finished. You've seen it happen. It doesn't happen very often. Okay, but if you have a busted coverage in a play, it's a touchdown or a big play in the National Football League because the quarterbacks are so good. And if they have that protection and
5: they do their progression and they all of a sudden see somebody open, it's over. There's still a chasm also between the pros and the college with the offensive linemen. It used to be wider when they were playing different styles. Yeah. We, we, you know, There was a time where NFL offensive linemen would never be standing up. They'd always be with their hand in the ground yeah, not anymore. in the three-point stance. Mm-hmm. Nowadays, you get a lot of NFL teams using a lot of snaps with two-point stances. Mm-hmm. So... There's a lot more similarities to the college game for those O-linemen than there used to be. But it's still it's still a jump. And, of course, terminology, well, that's just going to be – you're telling me the quarterback has trouble with it. Jeff, the O-line's got the same problem. Sure. The protection scheme is all terminology. The
3: other thing is at the wide receiver position, those guys are expected to learn every one of the positions. And that's very right. difficult. So you know, if you're an X and you're a Y, you know whatever it is you're playing, these guys got to know. Well, they are here, not mm-hmm. everywhere. Yeah, I don't know. It's it's, I think it's it's happening more and more now. I, I think you have to because of the way that the uh, injuries, and I think that the way that these plays are designed for matchups. Because listen, if you got three wide receivers in the game, you want to create a mismatch. You're going to put one guy on another one, and he might have to be playing the other position. And they move to the other side. So it's
5: it's out of necessity now. Yeah, I agree with
3: that. So anyway. There. Thank you, Rick. Good question.
5: Yeah. That 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 was great, and you
7: know, especially even the backup quarterback because they have to be they have to be just as prepared as the starter. <laughs> One right? play away, yeah. man. One play away. One, remember Billy Joel Tolliver, right? Remember that? Remember <laughs> oh Billy
5: yeah,
7: Bill, oh, I I don't know the plan. I I wasn't paying attention. Oh, my gosh. That was crazy. Uh, So, that was that. Always remember that. Hey, uh, all right. Thanks a lot, guys. You know what? Real quick, let me just please, Jeff, I want to ask you a golf question real quick. Yep. Will Phil play this year? Will he play in the U.S. Open? No. I think he's done. done. that
3: sucks. I I back-ordered that book. It's going to be here Friday. I can't wait to read it. You know what I'm talking about?
7: Yeah yeah, 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 yeah.
3: It's um, i have so got far? my copies right. coming Friday. I can't wait to read it. There's a lot of good right. stuff in there here. Thanks,
5: Rick. We got to go. <laughs> have a great day. Uh, don't don't
3: ever don't. Know, do, by the way, and anybody that calls in here, if Paul is on the show with me, do not ask a golf question because he will get out of it real quickly like that.
5: Well, there's o- there's only no. one Phil. That's number eleven, Phil Sims. <laughs> okay, that's the only Phil that gets talked about on these airwaves let's okay. make that very clear okay All now right. now uh, the, you the, said
3: by the way didn't
5: well did mickelson write a did no Nicholson he did not write, write a book somebody else a wrote a book about somebody him. else wrote a book about. and there's
3: him. there's because you you don't know the backstory here there's there's a lot going on with phil mickelson and the pga tour and saudi arabia and there's a lot of stuff going on gambling you there's in there's a book that's being released today That's the, that's kind of almost a. Okay. It's a good. There's a good side of Phil Mickelson in this book, but there's a lot of dirt in this book too. Okay,
5: <laughs> we go back to 201-939-4513. Doug at Glens Falls. Your next on BBKL. Hello. That's right. You got it. Hey, Doug. It counts. Hello. Doug, are you with us? I think. I think we lost him. No, he was there. He was ordering All food right. through the drive Bye Bye, bye, Doug. You yeah. there? Doug, you can call, call us back, Doug. 201-939-4513. <laughs> Giant season tickets are on sale now for the 2022 season. In addition to ticket savings, membership benefits include access to exclusive events, experiences, pre-sales, and more. You can lock in your seats starting at just $100. Call 888-NYG-1925 or visit Giants.com slash tickets for more information. You can also... Experience a premier hospitality experience watching Giants games and world-class concerts in 2022 as a Giants suite partner. Limited full-season locations are available or to place a deposit for individual games. You've got to call 888-NYG-1925 or visit Giants.com slash suites for more information. We go back to the phones and Jeff's favorite call of all time, Charlie from Maine. You're next on BBKL. Hello, Charlie. Hey.
1: Hey Paul. Hey Jeff. How are you
5: guys doing? We're doing good. Hey. i got some good news for you. He, he's been waiting for you all morning, if you Charlie. Talk, if he's been waiting and waiting and waiting.
1: <laughs> I want to know about Miller time. Let how, him have it, Jeff. Today?
5: Let him have it. Dropped a pass
3: today right in the bread basket. I mean, perfectly oh, thrown man. ball right in his hands. Butter hands. Butter fingers. How
1: wild? Did he catch any others?
3: Nope. Only was on thrown one time. That's it. Who
1: threw it to him? Does it matter? Yeah, if it's John. What do you mean it matters? I don't understand. Well, it doesn't matter.
3: <laughs> if it hit him in the hands, it doesn't. I mean, Paul could have thrown the ball to him. If it hit him in the hands, he got to catch it. <laughs> That's well, the rule. Shane throwing
1: the ball, I I can understand it's a
7: little wobbly.
3: I know? will tell you though, he he's got a little girth to him, and I know you had mentioned it on uh, one of the previous shows yeah, that he, he was does. a tight end, but. Um, or a wide receiver now playing tight end, but you know what, Charlie? I think he's one of those guys where he can play both. Um, you know, he's not going to be your traditional hand in the dirt blocking tight end, but he's going to be able to play a little bit of uh, you know wide receiver and tight end in there. I think it will be good for him. We'll see.
1: He's going to be he's going to be great on special teams. He uh, he was a great blocker uh, at the University of Maine. He loved the block. He played even special teams, and he was the man there. So uh, uh, he, uh, he'll, I think he'll just make it just because of that. Hey, but I want to say I saw a picture of Lance. He was either on the huddle or somewhere, and he had a haircut. And I'm telling you, his hair is receding. He's going to look like you and John pretty soon. Really? <laughs> he's, yeah, he's going to have a mohawk pretty soon. His <laughs> receding hairline. So. <laughs> Oh, I just yeah. have to throw that out. There, I'm sure though.
3: he's. Good. I'm sure you'd be happy to hear that from you. Why don't you? I know next time he's on the show. Why don't you tell him that you will definitely get hung up on.
5: <laughs> exactly. Yeah, he but, already but, loves you, Charlie. That's not going to help.
1: <laughs>
5: I think I've given up on that. I've given up on that, so I might as
1: well
5: go the other way,
1: right? Right. Hey, uh, but yeah. Um, who else? Who stood out to you, Paul, today on? Offense and defense. You know, you know, I Charlie. Mean, you
5: know. I, I would love to talk more about it, but one of the rules that we have is that we're Secret? not. We're not. Yeah, we're not really allowed to talk okay. about the stuff that we see. Uh, it does okay. help. It does help us from a background information perspective. It does help us with knowledge, and it gives us a better and educated type of opinion as to going forward what we should be watching for and looking for uh so in that perspective it does help you guys because we can formulate educated opinions as we continue to move forward but to give you actual nuggets of information we, we're not allowed to do that yeah. all right
1: hey well look i think i'm gonna make the uh Preseason game in uh, Foxboro <clears throat> uh, because they're playing. Uh, yes. Yeah, they're playing in Foxboro, aren't they? So, yep. yeah, I might be able to make it down. Are you going to that game, Paul? I expect in, uh, to Jeff? be there.
5: I expect to be, I there. be they, there. That's the preseason opener. Then they're home for Cincinnati, and then they've got a road game at yeah. the Meadowlands against the Jets. Don't have yeah. the dates yet, though. They haven't, they haven't solidified the dates and the kickoffs.
1: Yeah, yeah. And they might even have, who knows, they might do another joint practice with the Patriots beforehand. I have not heard
5: anything about that yet. In fact, I I haven't asked about it in the last week. I've I've put in some inquiries, and no one has mentioned to me that there would be one of those. But we'll let you know if there is. Thanks, Charlie. Okay, Jeff. Jeff, you got to go because, you know, go back to New England, your first team. You should go. Listen,
3: I'm not the one that makes (laughs) the decision, Charlie. You can write a letter to my boss if he wants to let me go. Okay.
1: I, I will do that. Okay. I will do that. I'm sure. Yep. Thank <laughs> you. Right,
5: man. See ya. 201 939 want to Make a trip to New three. England to see Charlie. Well, I'm,
3: he'll probably have some <coughs> lobsters for you. I've been up there before. I've been there since I retired.
5: I went to a game one time. So. Well, you know, I, I will tell you, um, Charlie did make it down to the joint practices between the Giants and the Patriots last summer. Mm. And he did make sure to visit John and myself in fact, he had the security people come get us, and then gave us that uh, Annika ointment stuff. No, he didn't. He did, he did. He gave each one of us a bottle of the Annika ointment.
3: And was there a trash can nearby that both of them went into? No, I,
5: Charlie. <laughs> no, actually, Charlie, I really take them, Charlie. Charlie, I took you at your word. I brought it home. Um, my wife is a registered nurse by trade, and uh, I said, "This, uh, you know, this caller we have on our show says this is a miracle ointment." And it cures, like, everything. And, of course, she laughed. And, <laughs> and then, I believe, uh, at some point over the next week or so, she had some cramping or whatever, and she tried it and told me it was worthless. <laughs>
2: so, so there you have it.
3: So, so the garbage would have been a good toss for it. So,
5: uh, you know, it was a trial and error situation, and uh, error is what came up with the first usage Uh, of the ointment all right we go to line two uh doug from Glen falls is back on bbkl hello doug hi good to talk to you
8: yeah um i know you can't give me detailed information but i like what i hear about the the kid from san diego state the bellinger kid the tight end
5: here's what i can give you about him okay because i did mention it the other day on my twitter he's six five two hundred and fifty three pounds he's cut out of stone he literally looks like he was chiseled out of a piece of marble or granite, okay. <laughs> and and yeah. he reminds me an awful lot of Jake Ballard. And Jeff can tell you all about really? how valuable he was to the Giants mm-hmm. when he played here.
8: Oh, I remember Jake Ballard. He, he he caught that winning touchdown when we played New England in New England that year,
3: yeah, 2011. Big dude, right? 6'6, six, six, was it?
5: Ball? Ballard was 6'6. Six, six, uh, Bellinger's 6'5. Both of them They're about 250. Both around 250, 255. Both were cut out of style. He's got a
8: good catch radius, too, right?
5: I, yes. And Bellinger, now, again, there's no hitting going on. No contact is allowed at these practices. Yeah, I
8: understand that. So, that, that so part, but...
5: I can't tell you what Bellinger's like catching the ball when there's a pro defender coming at him or hitting him. Right. But what I can tell you is right. this. In the in the receiving drills and the passing drills that I have seen, he catches the ball effortlessly. He has soft hands. He doesn't drop anything. Uh, he looks the ball in extremely well. Uh, doesn't have any juggling issues or body catches or anything of that nature. He catches right. the ball cleanly, very nicely. Um, I'm, right. I'm very optimistic right now about his receiving skills. And I asked him about it the other day, yeah. and and he did insist like there's a lot of upside. To his receiving uh, toolbox that they didn't use at San Diego State.
8: Right. Yeah they 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 weren't they weren't as big a I guess tight end using receiving as they were more a running team right. Right.
5: He had 31 catches last yeah. year and no drops according to the uh, PFF people. That's just straight data. I don't mind using anybody when they've got straight data. It's the other stuff that I don't get involved with, but straight right. data says he had no drops last year.
8: Oh yeah, that's very good. <laughs> That'd be a pleasant surprise come from compared to, to to the guy who just left Evan Ingram.
5: Well, between him and uh, Ricky Seals Jones, the uh, tight end that they signed, six foot seven, off the Washington roster from last season, and he reminds right. me a lot of Larry Donnell. Mm-hmm. When Donnell was a rookie with the Giants, he caught over sixty passes and he caught a half a dozen touchdowns. Now Donnell was not anything of a blocker, but he did find ways—the big dude—to get open and make catches. That mm-hmm. first year, he was very productive yeah. in the receiving game. Then he just got hurt. And I, and I see a and lot of hurt, that. Right? I see, yeah, I see a lot of that in Ricky Seals Jones. Yeah, yeah, the big dude. So, yeah.
3: yeah, So I mean, well, I, listen, yeah, you got some, you got some two, talent. At that. Yeah, you do. Tight ends then. You do. You got some talent at that position, which is good. Um, you know, not, neither of them are going to play like Evan Ingram. They're not that. They're not that type of a of, of a tight end. They really. He not. was so much more athletic. Yeah, he was. He was a borderline wide receiver. You know, so
8: I'd rather have the, the better hands than I think than than the speed
5: because uh, we needed that consistency in big games. Oh, yeah. uh, thanks for your time. You're welcome. Thank you, Doug. Appreciate the phone call. Two zero one nine three nine four five one three. Our phone lines are open. A very rare occurrence here on the program. So if you've been looking to get in for a while, this would be a great time to dial us up. 201-939-4513. Bellinger's career at San Diego State, Jeff, he caught roughly 70 passes during the course of his time in college. Again, the offense was more tailored to running the ball, and he was not a dynamic down-the-field threat in what they were doing. The Giants looked at his skill set. I'm sure they saw a lot of Jake Ballard in him. And when you remember, when Ballard was here, he, he made some very important catches downfield mm-hmm. where most people were like, well, where where did he get that from? But it was a part of his game that developed as he yeah. became a Giant.
3: Well, he developed with Eli. They really had a good chemistry between them. And he was such a tall guy that Eli could get away with throwing, you know, a back shoulder to him or something up high mm-hmm. because he was 6'6", six, 6'7". Six, six, He's going to go up and get the ball on some of those linebackers that were covering him and or even strong safeties. and. You know, there's uh there was a there was a matchup difference there and I think that Eli did a nice job. They they really had a good
5: chemistry together. Well people don't remember about that Patriots game. They think about his touchdown in the left corner mm-hmm. that beat them in the final moments. What they don't remember is that on that drive, Ballard caught a key pass mm-hmm. between the hash marks near midfield, mm-hmm. which helped set up the drive. Yeah. So it wasn't just the touchdown. Yeah. It was a key pass to get them down into better field position. Well, then they went, he went on to play for New England. Later on, yeah, yeah after he had the knee injury, yep. and then they claimed him. Mm-hmm. Um, I remember Ballard also had a very important catch against Dallas, down in Dallas, mm. uh, in, in one of the Giants' monumental victories uh, that season. So, in any event, two zero one nine three nine four five one three. I told you the lines were open. The fans have responded. And we go to line one. Dan's in the Poconos. You're next on BBKL. Hello.
0: Hey, fellas. Always a pleasure.
5: Thank you, sir. Thank you.
0: Yes, absolutely. I haven't called you guys in a long time, long time listener from the very beginning. But uh, I just had a always listening to you while I'm working, um, I just had to chime in that I am so happy. I've called you guys so many times, venting about that Evan Ingram I couldn't be so happier that he is gone. And I am, I'm sure I speak for a lot of people who share that same thing. And I can't wait to even, well, no, I don't want to go there. I don't want to wish bad things on the guy. But I can't see him, you know, turning it, oh, yeah, wait a minute. He already is, was a pro bowler. That wasn't too much of a joke. But anyway, um, don't mean to be too negative. I'm very positive and looking forward to the season. Thought we did great on the draft and you guys did a, phenomenal job as usual i get Thank all you. my uh yeah i get all my information from you guys and um you know that's why i'm so educated on all these players right. but um yeah and I, I i for the first time last year i had called up I it. i've i been a long time season ticket holder for you know a couple of decades and um you know last year i kind of was my breaking point point. And I was like, oh, no, I'm done with these Giants. You know, not that I didn't stop. I still watch the games and all. As hard, as hard as it was to watch those last six games, true. But, you know, here I am again. I'm all pumped up. I got my tickets again. So you can't, <laughs> you can't help it. You're I'm right back in it. Just, just you're praying and hoping Good. that Good. we can hold it together, man. You know, so go Giants. Well, thanks stuff. for the call, Dan. Appreciate
5: you ringing us up again.
3: I don't think you're the only one i think there's like paul had mentioned earlier in the show today that you know there's a lot of optimism in the buildings a lot of energy i think then that's kind of like spreading like wildfire i think a lot of the fans are getting into it i think the training camp um will be a lot of fun to the fans hopefully they're going to be i don't know if they are or not this year but um you know if they're able to come out and watch that's going to be a tremendous thing so this there's a lot of i think that people are looking forward to seeing how this team can respond to what has been
5: the last six years have not been very good football. We go to line two. Matthew in New Jersey. You're next on BBKL. Hello. Hey, guys. How you doing? Good. How are you, Matt? I'm good. Uh, I was wondering about the
9: whole Logan Ryan situation. Now, I know you guys don't know the exact situation or whatever's going on, but given the team's low cast salary and uh, lack of depth in the roster, I was wondering why they let go of such a talented player. Is it just They didn't fit the scheme, or... I don't know. I don't know if Joe Shane ever gave an official reason as to why they let
5: go of Logan Ryan. Well, the reason is they just did not feel it was a good fit moving forward. And to be frank with you, um, the Giants have a new defensive coordinator who stresses schematics in the front seven, not in the back seven. And there's a difference. Patrick Graham's defense was predicated on what can we do to disguise what's going on in the secondary. And that was the heart of what his defensive scheming was going to be. They wanted to fool quarterbacks by doing different things in the secondary, and Logan Ryan was a huge part of that mm-hmm. because he loved to be part of those disguises. Wick Martindale is exactly the opposite. Wick Martindale wants to do things with his fronts that are going to cause confusion for the quarterback and confusion for the offensive line. So it's an entire it's almost like a reverse yeah. of what yeah. you want to do from a defensive coordinator's perspective cuz the secondary the secondary under Week Martindale when you go up to pre-snap you know what they're going to do they're not going to they're not going to disguise anything they're not going to cheat they're going to show you this is what we're playing pre-snap and this is what's going to happen when you hike the football all of his machinations his rubik's cube is going to be all in the front
8: mm-hmm.
5: and that's his emphasis so I could understand, potentially, why he might have felt that Logan Ryan's value was lessened to him than it was to Patrick Graham. And I'm not saying that's exactly what happened, because I don't know the answer to that. But I, I'm using logic here, because I know how he coaches his defense.
3: Well, salary, salary could come into play there, too. I mean, a guy that they don't really want to have on this team, and then plus to the Salary, that's, you know, that's two strikes against you
5: they certainly are mm-hmm. getting younger mm-hmm. as as much as they can around the different parts of the roster and and getting uh healthier and less expensive too mm-hmm.
3: yeah, a lot a lot goes into it more than we know right but um they've been moving yeah, on they- uh, sorry
9: um it didn't make much sense since the cap savings weren't that much and uh, the whole uh, i don't know lawsuit whatever is well, I I've given
5: you—I've given you a schematic reason for it. Now, how much okay. did that weigh into the decision? I can't tell you that, but I yeah, will say, from a football perspective, you could see that that he would not be as important to this scheme as he was to last year's scheme.
9: Yeah, it makes sense that sometimes teams let go of uh, older players to bring in new people as well. So, yeah, it's a schematic it makes sense um one last quick question uh how do you think winks defense will go early on if uh, things aren't working out do you think he'll play more conservative or stick to his guns or whatever uh, thanks guys for the call thank you
3: I, I don't know if there is a conservative bone in wink Martindale. <laughs> no matter how it's going i think he'll just pile on he'll just keep going he'll just get the right guys to, you know um i was telling paula practice today while we were watching it just watching this defense fly around watching some of the schemes that he's putting on the field. Like Paul said, he puts such an emphasis on that front seven about getting after the quarterback because really, you know, they're closer to the quarterback in a sense that they can make things happen. Turnovers, pressures, force fumbles, and mismatches. And I think that's what's going to be a lot of fun to watch. And there's going to be guys coming from everywhere. And they have to start learning how to do that because, you know what, most defenses don't play that way. You know, you're kind of just, you got your basic fronts and you got some of your stunts and your blitzes. It seems to me, Paul, that every play, there's something going on. Yeah. There's something happening from a scheme-wise that they're going to try to get and distract the quarterback. He's aggressive.
5: He's versatile. Um He wants to put pressure on you. He wants to dictate what's going to happen when right. the ball is in play. Right. right. And, and that's the key because... We've read over the years, and those of you who go back a ways with the Giants, remember Rod Rust at one point was the Giants' defensive coordinator, and they had what they called the read-and-react defense. Well, that was exactly the opposite of what Wink Martindale does. Wink Martindale wants the offense to read and react. His defense is not doing anything In the wrong way. They want him to react in the wrong way. Exactly. And so, you know, the reason that it's so important to have the guys up front Because if you've got an Ojolari, a Leonard Williams, a Kayvon Thibodeau, think about this, right? You've got five offensive linemen to block those four. The the defensive front's probably going to be four, maybe five guys on the front. If they have three down and two standing up, maybe they'll have two down. Again, we talked about this on the show yesterday, Jeff, you weren't here. Wink Martindale will have nobody with their hand in the dirt because he runs that amoeba front. Mm-hmm. He'll have nobody. He'll have guys walking around, moving around. There might be one guy with his hand in the dirt, two guys with his hands in, with their hands in the dirt, three guys, maybe even four. You have no idea. Why do we say dirt? It's grass. It's actually rubber pellets and plastic, <laughs> is what it is. It's synthetic. <laughs> right. But they call it dirt. Okay. So the point is you will see all of those multiple. Uh, looks in his front. But then on top of that, he will constantly mug his linebackers. Now, for those of you who don't know that terminology, mugging a linebacker means he's coming up to the line, showing like he's going to blitz, and then backs out. Mm -hmm. That's called mugging. Linebackers, when they mug, they're they're, they're bluffing that they're going to blitz. He does a ton of that. He does a ton of stunts. He does a ton of stand-up defensive end well, is he going to come back and do a little zone blitz coverage? Is he going to hold the point for a run play? Or is he charging on, on a pass rush? He's he's doing all that stuff all the time. This is why Thibodeau was so important and why I stressed, while we had some other folks who believed that maybe a sauce gardener or a cover corner would be the most important part of his scheme, I always believed it was Thibodeau who would be much more important than a corner because it's his front that causes the confusion, mm. okay? And think about this. Let's just say, for example, the Giants have ogilari and Thibodeau on the edges. If ogilari progresses to the point where he can command a double team or even one and a chip, Thibodeau's going to command two guys. Let's not kid ourselves. Mm. They're, not no, to, so. they're not going to put one-on-one with him. It's not going to happen. Okay. So you may have as many as three or four, right? Yeah. Where committed to in. those two guys. Okay. Now, what do you do if Dexter Lawrence is in the middle and Leonard Williams is in the middle? How many times does Leonard Williams get doubled a game? Mm-hmm. An awful lot. Yeah. Okay. Now, so so what are you going to do? You're going to commit six blockers to three Williams, Ojalari, and Thibodeau? Are you seriously going to do that? Then you got some other blitzers around, and yeah. I mean, the Giants can cause a lot of problems for people. That's why I disagreed with the thought that the covered corner was the most important part of what Wink wants to do. But you also believe that if they had drafted Sauce Gardner, it would have been fine. It would have been fine, but I didn't think it was the best fit for what they're trying. Yeah. I, I still believe that well, while the cover corner is one of your foremost important positions, your core positions. We've talked about this for decades. I still believe that in Wink system, you need the dominant pass rusher.
3: Well, I think that that's going to be something that's going to be we're going to find out. Because I, I, I tend to disagree and I'm only disagreeing with you because I feel like you do have Ojolari, you do have Leonard Williams, you probably could find, you know, some of these other younger guys to put pressure on the court. I'm just I'm really nervous about and remember, we had the call earlier this what's the
5: biggest thing you're questioning corner. I'm still a little bit nervous about this. And that's fair. You know, we don't so. know opposite of Dory Jackson, who's going to take down that other spot. We yeah. don't know that. Yeah. Or he may not even be here yet. You know, it may not be here. Mm-hmm. You know, I've, I've talked about Desmond Trufant, who I believe would be a really good fit, a good veteran who would come in inexpensively to potentially help the Giants out as insurance. That's the guy that I would be looking for. By the way, 201 We have a few more minutes to the program, but it's because of Wink's emphasis yeah, on yeah. Rubik's cubing the front that I think the pass rush is a little more important than the corner, but I understand. Yeah. I, I think
3: I, I think there's uh, you could go either way here.
5: And in other systems, yeah. I would clearly favor the corner.
3: Yeah, and I, I I'm really interested to see you know obviously I I think the battle at the offensive line when you know maybe a month ago I was intrigued to f- figure out what's going to happen there. You know you got three fifths of the offensive line is put is pretty much set in stone right four fifths almost right. I mean th- I mean. Really, if there's
5: anything, the any two tackles players, of the center and and the right guard are pretty much included. So you
3: got your left guard. That's, that's where be your competition is. So my eyes are now going to go to the defensive backfield. I want to know. I want to see this competition at the corner to see who's going to play.
5: And by the way, uh, again, no secrets because the media has been here for some of the spring stuff. Shane Lemieux is mm-hmm, is practicing. fully fully cleared to go and is doing everything that yeah. he needs to do to to try to win that job. And uh, you know. And they'll have to monitor him a little bit, you he's know. Tough. I mean, um, he's tough.
3: But I tell you what, he's uh, he got back in the lineup, and you can't make the team if you're not competing out there playing. So that's a good thing for him. And I think the next the next one will be Nick Gates. Let's we'll see where he comes from and see how how fast he can get back. Uh, we don't know any we don't know anything more than anybody else right now. But we do watch. We see
5: him walking around, so he's uh, he's getting better. We know uh, Max Garcia, who oh, yeah. started he's another guy from started Arizona. a lot of games. Yeah. Uh, over the yeah. course of his career, he's also in the mix to try to compete. And uh, and Azuzu, the, the rookie yeah. out of North Carolina, is yeah. another guy that's going to compete yeah. at that guard yeah. spot. So the Giants have contenders who can win that job. And Azuzu, he, he can he can move around. Yes, he can. He
3: can kind of, like, you know, fill wherever he needs to go. And that's kind of one of those guys where you'll probably see him on Sundays where he'll, you know, he may or may not get that jersey on Sunday maybe. Who knows? But, we'll have to see. Ronnie from
5: Georgia. You may wind up being the last caller on the show. Hey, what's up?
2: Hey, what's up, fellas? How you guys doing? Good.
5: Thank good you. to talk to you.
2: Good. Good. Hey, listen, I am just like to tell you how. First of all, I'm a big fan of both you guys. I've been listening for a long, long time. Well, so thank I you. I want to give you guys. I just want to give you guys some love and just want to tell you how excited I am about the upcoming season. And cool. and what and what Dave and Shane will will bring, you know, come September. So as I, as I look at the schedule and I look at things that's going to be occurring, I'm just excited about uh, the draft. I'm excited about Saquon being healthy. I'm excited about uh, hopefully the re of Daniel Jones. And i um, definitely excited about uh, Kayvon Thibodeau and what he will bring from the edge. So it's just a day of success and excitement. And I don't want the summer just to bypass us fast. But I swear to goodness,
3: I can't wait to September, boy. Yeah, well, give us a little bit of summer first, like you said. (laughs) Got to have that summer coming out of this winter. All right, so I need a little bit of summer warmth, so,
5: you know.
2: (laughs) I hear you, I hear you.
5: Ronnie, just make sure you get that pesticide, because the injury bug needs to get out of here, man. That's the thing that the Giants need more than anything else, I'm telling you right now, because the talent on this roster has been upgraded. If they can keep the injury bug away, you may see some really good things here.
2: Yes, and that's why, you know, when I'm watching ESPN during training camp, I'm going to try to keep my eyes focused uh, on the top of the TV screen instead of the bottom because I don't want to see any injuries. That's gonna... <laughs> the crawl <laughs> at the bottom of the
5: screen, that's never good. Don't like the crawl. No, it
2: isn't. It isn't. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get my glasses adjusted so they adjust to the top of the screen.
5: Thank you so much for calling us, Roddy. Please dial in again, okay? You got it. Be well. couple more minutes left in the program. If we can sneak in a real quick comment, I will. Uh, In the meantime, Jeff, uh, the Giants will be off tomorrow and have another OTA. That would be number three on Thursday Mm -hmm. before they continue their OTAs again over the course of next week. Uh, And then at some point down the road in a couple of weeks, uh, the mandatory veteran minicamp is June 7th through the 9th. And that, of course, is going to be a real big deal because they can start ramping up a little bit more.
3: Yeah, and again, it's just you know it's it's not a whole lot of difference other than the fact that they'll be here longer, and it's mandatory you have to be here. Right. Um, and they'll you know there there's no longer two a day things anymore. There's a walk through, jog through, whatever you want to call it, and then you will have your practices. But those mini camps are long. I remember they are they are six thirty in the morning till eight o'clock at night, and um, you know, you get tired and you just, you know, there's a lot of stuff going on. It's football. But, you know, really that that's, and then I, then there's OTAs after that, correct? Or no, no, that's it? it. That's it. So that's as soon
5: it. as they break on that mini camp We are done until mid-July, end of July. We, we, the... we still don't have a date. Remember, uh, the, the training camp can start 15 days prior to the preseason kickoff. Mm-hmm. Without those preseason games being scheduled yet, we don't know when camp will yeah. open.
3: Yeah, well, that's that that's that period where the coaches in the organization gets real nervous.
5: Yeah, I know. You got the
3: five weeks. I in there. Know, um, I know. But, you know, I think it's gotten better over the years. Guys understand the importance of it and they have to behave themselves. And because this is a business and when you are left alone for five weeks, you got to behave yourself. And and what I mean by behave yourself is don't get in trouble, but also behave yourself with the calories and workouts and all that stuff, because you put all that work into the off season program, and then you're gone for five weeks, you can lose a lot of it. So you mm-hmm. got to be disciplined.
5: Jeff, it's been fun. Wow, already 1 o'clock. Look at that. It is. He is at Jay Fegels. I am at Giants WFAN. Thank you so much for listening to Tuesday's episode of Big Blood Kickoff Live. Uh, it's part of the Giants platforms everywhere and Giants.com. You can always go to Giants.com slash podcasts if you want to catch the archive of any of our other programs. Again, for Jeff Eagles, I'm Paul Tatino. We'll talk to you again so soon, everybody.